Dinner was drawing to a close. The food had been good. The wine, perfect. Rogers waited well. Everyone was in better spirits. They had begun to talk to each other with more freedom and intimacy. Mr. Justice Walgrave, mellowed by the excellent port, was being amusing in a caustic fashion. Dr. Armstrong and Tony Marston were listening to him. Miss Brent chatted to General MacArthur. They had discovered some mutual friends. Vera Clathorn was asking Mr. Davis intelligent questions about South Africa. Mr. Davis was quite fluent on the subject. Lombard listened to the conversation. Once or twice, he looked up quickly and his eyes narrowed. Now and then, his eyes played round the table, studying the others. Anthony Marston said suddenly, Quaint, these things, aren't they? In the center of the round table, on the circular glass stand, were some little china figures. Soldiers, said Tony. Soldier Island, I suppose that's the idea. Vera leaned forward. I wonder how many are there. Ten? Yes, ten there are. Vera cried. What fun! They are like the ten little soldier boys of the nursery rhyme, I suppose. In my bedroom, the rhyme is framed and hung up over the mantelpiece. Lombard said, In my room, too. And mine. And mine. Everybody joined in the chorus. Vera said, It's an amusing idea, isn't it? Mr. Justice Walgrave grunted, remarkably childish, and helped himself to the port. Emily Brent looked at Vera Clathorn. Vera Clathorn looked at Miss Brent. The two women rose. In the drawing room, the French windows were open onto the terrace and the sound of the sea murmuring against the rocks came up to them. Emily Brent said, Pleasant sound. Vera said sharply, I hate it. Miss Brent's eyes looked at her in surprise. Vera flushed. She said, more composedly, I don't think this place would be very agreeable in a storm. Emily Brent agreed. I have no doubt that the house is shut up in winter, she said. You'd never get servants to stay here for one thing, Vera murmured. It must be difficult to get servants anyway. Emily Brent said, Mrs. Oliver had been lucky to get these two. The women's a good cook, Vera thought. Funny how elderly people always get names wrong, she said. Yes, I think Mrs. Owen had been very lucky indeed. Emily Brent had bought a small piece of embroidery out of her bag. Now, as she was about to thread her needle, she paused. She said sharply, Owen, did you sit, Owen? Yes, Emily Brent said sharply. I've never met anyone called Owen in my life. Vera stared, but surely she did not finish her sentence. The door opened and the men joined them. Rogers followed them into the room with the coffee tray. The judge came and sat down by Emily Brent. Armstrong came up to Vera. Tony Motston strolled to the open window. Bloor studied with naive surprise in a statuity in brass, wondering perhaps if its bizarre angularities were really supposed to be a female figure. General MacArthur stood with his back to the mantelpiece. He pulled at his little white moustache. There had been a damned good dinner. 
his spirits were rising. Lombard turned over the pages of punch that lay with the other papers on the table by the wall. Rogers went round with the coffee tray. The coffee was good, really black and very hot. The whole party had dined well. They were satisfied with themselves and with the life. The hands of the clock pointed to twenty minutes past nine. There was a silence, a comfortable silence. Into that silence came the voice, without warming, inhuman, penetrating. Ladies and gentlemen, silence please. Everyone was startled. They looked around, at each other, at the walls. Who was speaking? The voice went on, a high clear voice. You are charged with the following indictments, Edward George Armstrong, that you did upon the 14th day of March 1925 cause the death of Louisa Mary Cleese, Emily Caroline Brent, that upon the 5th of November 1931 you were responsible for the death of Beatrice Taylor, William Henry Blower, that you brought about the death of James Stephen Lantor on October 10, 1928, Vera Elizabeth Clathorn, that on the 11th day of August 1935 you killed Cyril Ogilville Hamilton, Philip Lombard, that upon a date in February 1932 you were guilty of the death of 21 men, members of an East African tribe, John Gordon MacArthur, that on 4th of January 1970, you deliberately sent your wife's lover, Arthur Rickmount, to his death. Anthony James Marston, that upon the 14th day of November last, you were guilty of the murder of John and Lucy Combes, Thomas Rogers and Ethel Rogers, that on the 6th of May 1929, you brought about the death of Jennifer Brady, Lawrence John Wargrave, that upon the 10th day of June 1930, you were guilty of the murder of Edward Seton. Prisoners at the bar, have you anything to say in your defense?